welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. And today we are joined by Commercial Director Mick Lively from Oxford City Football Club, which we're super excited because today's podcast is all going to be about data protection on football. Welcome, Mick. Good morning. How are you? We're good, thank you. Both we're excited about the fact that the football season is kicking off again and uh, hopefully fans will be able to come back soon. But yeah, both of us are big football fans, as you know, so we can't wait to start seeing it kicking off for the new season. Yeah, no, it's certainly going to be exciting. Like, my man who feels under a lot of pressure at the minute. Uh, <laughs> listen, it'd be good if Boris gave us some uh, some definitive answers on whether what is possible, what isn't possible, yeah, etc. But that's an all new show. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's not data protection. So the the reason uh, Regina and I wanted to talk today and to invite you is because one, it's like Regina said, it's the beginning of the football season. But two, it would appear from a report from the National Cyber Security Centre that sports organisations are targeted more in data protection and uh, cybercrime than the majority of other organisations across the UK. And that quite shocked me when I read it. But then when I thought about the volumes of information that sports clubs, as including football clubs, collect and the volumes of money that could be involved in this, I wasn't surprised as much when I actually thought about it. I don't know what you thought, Regina, as an avid Spurs fan, your views on football and data protection. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because I think you've got the sort of simple mistakes that all businesses make. Like, I believe it was uh, West Ham that sent out a CC email to quite a few of their um, their supporters that didn't, didn't go down well. That is known, so that's no reveal. Um, <laughs> but also, if you think about the new Spurs stadium, it's so technologically driven. And I think that was something that picked out in the, the cybersecurity report that businesses, those kind of businesses, those sort of football clubs are really at risk because their venues are reliant on technological systems and often they don't really realise it. So there was one club, that an English football league club, that nearly had to postpone a fixture due to a ransomware attack that took out their CCTV and turnstiles. And the potential impact on that must be huge, Mick. If you were to sort of face something like that with Oxford City, that you know, the kind of impact on you as a, a club and a, a business could be massive. Of, of course, listen, it, it could be absolutely huge. I think, just to put it into perspective, Oxford City it would be seen as a, as a small football club, but, but we're not really a huge organisation. We have 40 teams that play for Oxford City. That's 40 sets of, of information. We have 80,000 visitors. We have over 100,000 unique website visitors where we're collecting data and information from fans buying tickets all of the time. You've got to be so careful with all of this, especially you know in the transfer scene when you're bringing in players and you've got your players and you've got wages and all sorts of money going out in and out of the football club. It's obvious that, that you know that people are going to try and, and target that. I would be hopeful that they would be targeting a few of the other bigger clubs that had a lot more cash reserves than us. <laughs> um, but, but listen, we can't sit on our laurels. No. You know, be sure. I think you've got to take data protection very, very seriously. And until I met you two girls, and you know, you sponsor our striker Elliot Banyan. Listen, I didn't. You know, it was a, it was a rude awakening for me, and I realised how important data protection is. And you actually made it sound fun, exciting, and interesting <laughs> from a topic that, listen, would have me glazed over. <laughs> you are glazed over. What is data protection? What is GDPR? What is all of this nonsense? But listen, you, you two are doing a, a sterling job in promoting the importance of it and actually protecting people. And I think what interested me about the report is that it said some of the smaller organisations had been um, affected by it could cost them up to £10,000 because people had been buying kit from um, a fake eBay account. So whilst I think you're 
right, you want you believe that the bigger organizations will be targeted. I think the impact is going to be greater on the smaller organizations because ten thousand pounds is a lot of money to a grassroots book club. Yeah, no, of course it is. And listen, I was only making light of it. You know, you've got to, you know, again, the people that are buying from our shop, online shop, and stuff, it's all information, you're correct. We're collecting thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces of, of, of data every, every year from people from all walks of life. And, you know, that information has to be kept safe. It has to be kept secure. And we have to take this, this very, very seriously, you know, because otherwise, for want of a better phrase, bite you on the bum and, and cost you a, a lot of money. Yeah. And the report made that point. It said that even the smallest uh, sports association will have some kind of social media presence and it will have a website and there'll be, uh, it's not just about buying tickets, it will potentially have merchandise and stuff. And I think it's only when you look at that and you think, oh, just how much data you had collected. And I hadn't really considered that beyond the actual football club itself, you've got all of the other work that you do in the community. And this, the work that you do, because I know uh, with Oxford City uh, Football Club, you've got the netball courts as well as you've got the, the younger kids playing football. So the amount of information you're collecting is quite phenomenal. Yeah, we have around about 1,500 netballers a week playing uh, at Oxford City, which is, you know, you can't help over the course of a year. It's a lot of people. We also don't have uh, students that are doing educational courses with us, they're with us all the time. We do A-levels, HNCs, HNDs, we do degree courses. So we're a learning establishment as well. So when you think about it, in terms of on the football pitch, Oxford City may be small, but we're far bigger than a lot of football clubs that play higher up on the Excellence and we probably collect more data than, than what they do. Yeah, it was interesting because the, uh, the report, I think, surveyed a number of organisations and they were saying that 70% of them had had at least one incident in the last year and 30% of those had been more than five. I think that just shows how frequent it is that there are people out there, cyber criminals, trying all the time to sort of prod at those weak points. Because like you say, there's there's so much data collected, it's probably a number of different people responsible for it and just trying to tap and find those weak points probably across loads of different clubs and organisations just to find where they can sneak in and then once they're in it's then how can they monetize that that access and make sure that they can benefit from it so it's a massive challenge that you guys sort of have to keep on top of and, and that that's difficult yeah no of course and and you know you just have to be on your guard at all times you know you, you understand that you know people aren't giving you millions of pounds from africa and you don't click on the email and things like that or putting any information in there or you know just be careful of actually what you do and think there was a post that i think you may be gina that, that really made me smile which was people's passwords and you know <laughs> football clubs and passwords you know please get real this you know you cannot do this no. um if anyone out there's got their password as oxford city listen first of all thank you so much for your uh, unbelievable support <laughs> but, but, but change your password immediately yeah. we second that most definitely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but i think it goes to show that why that people would select football clubs as a target and stuff because they know they're a key point in the season that could have a real impact like the transfer season we all get excited about our club that we support and what kind of massive deals are or may not happen then realize that that money may go awry because a managing director had their account spoofed it's a little bit terrifying 
This may be, I'll explain what's going on at Tottenham. Maybe Daniel Levy's had the account act and that's why Mourinho's <laughs> not been given any money. You know, maybe, maybe we solved the mystery of what's going on at Spurs. <laughs> yeah, and Arsenal fans got in there and they're like, no, we don't want that amazing player. It's fine. We've got Harry Kane. <laughs> wow, I did not see it going this way. No. Really? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get back on track away from pissing all the London clubs. <laughs> no, but I think it's a really good point. I think people will know when there's going to be a period of time when there's more money floating about. And, you know, I think there's a couple of cases that the, the report outlines where they're talking about when they've looked into it, the, the hackers have been in the email for weeks with a, not a football club but another sports organization it was about eight months and they'd actually been auto forwarding the messages to other accounts and, and finding out information that way so i think it's then they will find the time when it's right to to jump and obviously a transfer window with as you said all the money flying about everywhere it's prime time and i imagine that you know, I don't know the ins and outs of it and it'd be really interesting to understand a bit more, mate. But if you've got the football clubs, you've got the players, you've got the agents as well, you know, there's a lot of different people that, that have to make sure they're taking the right steps. Massively. I think, you know, you wouldn't believe that every player has an agent now and, you know, those negotiations involve lots of different parties and, and the more parties that are involved, the more chance you've got of getting a breach in security and in data. It's as simple as that. I think, you know, we don't have to worry about it too much, but you know, on transfer day deadline, day, as, it, as it approaches that that final thing, and believe it or not, they're actually sending faxes. Yeah. It's all done by fax. It's still, it, in this modern era. I know. Still, listen, we're, we're ex-NHS, you know. That, that entire organisation runs on fax machines. <laughs> if the fax is, is getting there, so, you know, the, there's a paper trail there as well then with a fax, mm. um, you know, so which, again, it can make things more difficult. And at that time, there's, there's so many millions, you know, leaving top Premier League football clubs in that last frantic hour, mm. you know, as these deals are being done, you know, maybe that's a, a prime opportunity for these actors that maybe that club won't miss an extra million or won't question it there and then until, until maybe it's too late. Yeah. And I think the court said that the managing director that had his account affected it was only the bank refusing to pay the money that they didn't lose out because the fraudulent account has actually been flagged as a little bit dodgy other than that that money would have gone and that's you know a million pounds is eye-opening as a sum of money maybe not to a premiership team but still no massively and and, and thank thank goodness that the bank was, was switched on and i think the banks have got Far better at this. I know my own bank. I, I was in um, having a meal in, in Manchester, and my bank phoned me up and said they just stopped the payment in London because they'd noticed that my card had been being used in Manchester. Which is brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. You know, someone had tried to to do that, so we quickly changed cards and, and, and sorted it out. But you know, the banks. You know, banks get so much flack this day and age. But you know, they are actually trying their best to stamp this out and this is the bank save that particular football club that shall remain nameless, save them a million pounds. And I think the other challenge that you have is that if COVID's proven anything, it's this real push to get more people technology focused and introducing new systems. But with new systems, like the report said, a lot of Office 365 and Google accounts are great for everybody to connect. However, it does then open you up to more challenges. It's that balance of trying to be modern 
whilst managing the risk at the same time and that in itself has got to be quite a challenge and an investment yeah no of course i think there's some simple things that that businesses can do i think one of the things the the report highlighted was that multi-factor authentication is a really good way of trying to ensure that the right person is logging on with the to that actual account so i can see you looking uh, like you want to, to ask the question mick so no, come, come on don't, don't seriously while, while we're on this podcast here now what is it gives like some tips what sort of business owner what are the first three things the three most important things that you can do so for me i would say obviously as the multi-factor authentication so if you're logging into an email have a text sent to your phone your mobile phone as well so that then it you know you've got oh. two different ways of actually verifying that it's you logging in it's not somebody who's guessed your password because you've used Oxford City across all your, your user accounts and they've guessed it. The other thing that they recommend is to empower your staff. So that staff training element and making sure that everybody's aware of their own responsibilities. And we always talk about that healthy level of suspicion. So if you get something that's unexpected, if there's an email that looks like it could be from someone, but you know they're not around or you get a weird out of office or something like that, it's worth flagging it. Don't sort of think, or oh, should I, shouldn't I? If, if it doesn't look right, it probably isn't. So, and if there's anything out of the ordinary, so requests for account details change. One of the things that we always say is if there's different account details to what you used to, pick up the phone and talk to somebody you know to check that they're absolutely accurate. And then I think the third thing that you'd look at is look at the whole thing. So I think a lot of people sort of focus on marketing or IT when it comes to things like GDPR and cybersecurity. And I think if you can look across the whole business, then things like where you have got other systems that rely on cybersecurity to secure them, then you're more likely to spot areas of risk that maybe you might have overlooked. Oh, great. No, that's fantastic advice, Virginia. Now, sadly, we're coming to the end of this podcast. So, Mick, is there anything that you want to share or promote or whilst you're on the podcast? No, listen, I think everybody, you know, listen, just follow us all on LinkedIn, support you know, if they can support support you, I'm sure you can do training for, for businesses out there. You know, your support of Oxford City is tremendous. Um, you know, even we'll even get Regina in an Oxford City shirt during this season. We'll get to dish that Spurs shirt. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, just support, you know, it's a really difficult time for everybody. Let's support each other. And, you know, if you can help protect people's money and keep things safe, you know, then it's a service that you really can't do without, you know. The key work is used too much, but data protection really is key to, to something that, that we all need to do. So I'd say if anybody has any questions, feel free to email us at coffee at com, And uh, we'll be back next week for another fun episode of Coffee with Kelly and Regina. Bye.